This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. Hey guys, so we are continuing these episodes with just some amazing people, amazing creative minds. Some of these people originally, just so you guys know, like Amanda's in Texas right now, but she's originally from Baltimore. The gentleman that I have today for you guys is Micah Pringle. He's in Tennessee now, but he is a Baltimorean. I guess that's how you would call yes, sir. what you would call us. Yeah, we'll go with brother. That. Yeah. How you doing? Good, man. Do we call ourselves Baltimoreans or Baltimoreans or I've heard I've heard a little of both, and I think it depends on the context, you know, who you're with. So or, or the location of where you are actually from in Maryland. Yeah, that's fair. I'll right. take that. I was talking to someone. Yes, it was really funny. They were like, uh, you know, where you say you went to school is not college in Maryland. It's where you went to high school. Like, where'd you go to high yes, school? I've, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. I dropped out of college, so it's really not even a real good point for me to even talk about this, I guess, at this point. But, but- Oh, good. Most of them don't. It's kind of depending on the field. It doesn't even matter now, does it? So. Yeah, it really doesn't. You're absolutely right. We'll probably talk about that too. So, um, yeah. thanks for being on, man. I know you were in Baltimore um, over the over the weekend. You and I tried to to link up, and it just didn't work out. And it was majority of it is because of. I guess it was more on my side because you were at Artscape, right? Yeah, I was at Artscape all weekend. It was a hot and sweaty weekend, but I was around. I was there, so. What, what were you doing there? So I'm part of a startup called Vagrant Coffee, and we had um, a booth set up all weekend long, so we were just slinging some iced coffee beverages, and my role is usually more um, on the creative and brand side, putting lipstick on things, but I like to get my hands dirty as well, so we were, um, we were making sure people were caffeinated and hydrated all weekend. So How did it go for Vagrant there, though? Good? It was good, man. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good vibes, good brand exposure, and um, and it you know we we've been around this block before, so it was just real nice to to be present. So. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys haven't followed them on Instagram, by the way, go follow Vagrant Coffee. Um, it, and my my assumption, as always, is Micah, you're doing the so- the social media for these guys, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm the one doing the social for the most part. If you send us a message, either myself or another guy, Josh, who's kind of the the brains of the operation, would might also respond. So it's going to be one of us. Yep. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today because um, lately I've been really kind of trying to, I guess, kind of help, not really navigate, but handhold some of these people out here. That especially it's uh, it's been lately. It's been in the real estate industry um, on discussing you know branding not only branding for a business but yourself kind of personal branding yourself too and i know that there's there's some discussions between what i talk about and what you talk about and i always like i always like both sides because i think it really gives 
people a, a better perspective of seeing it from one person's viewpoint where I believe personal branding is so important nowadays, especially with like we were just talking about, like the decline of do you really need to go to college to be successful in life anymore? And to be quite honest with me, unless you're an engineer, an attorney, a doctor or something like that, I, you know, I don't really see the necessity there. Um, yeah, it's really more about your, your personal reputation. Um, than anything. So let, let, let's, before we get into that though, let's talk about, you know, you, your family, where you're from, how you start, how you, you ended up in Tennessee. So let's start me at, at, uh, mini Micah. Mini Micah. Oh man. Um, so there's this expression that gets used to this day, uh, that applies to mini Micah as well. And it's this, this idea of being a rabble rouser. So I'm a, you know, the oldest of us, family of six kids my mom married my stepdad when i was two and he is a you know fiery we moved we moved to the middle of nowhere in oregon and he was a fiery country baptist preacher and so that is the ethos that i was raised in um it's just this like interesting dichotomy of like these truths about love but then this hellfire brimstone and judgment and then me questioning everything all the time even from mini mica age so grew up in oregon running around like this huck finn life that i didn't understand how amazing it was you know playing in creeks and shooting bb guns headed to florida for college puttered my way through college because it was some uh, you know a field that i wasn't passionate about and um kind of stumbled slash worked my ass off to end up in a kind of a music and creative uh, career kind of running on parallel tracks um, both music and then creative direction and design and some stuff like that and that took me from florida after being there for several years to being in the maryland area for seven years being in maryland in the baltimore area for seven years and um and the the thing that i discovered from an early age all the way up until this day is that some of the odd things about being raised in the environment that i was it taught me a lot about um, how people operate how to interact with people that operate and come from vastly different perspectives. Um, and it kind of kicked me in the butt and helped me understand both who I was, who I wasn't and what I cared about. And, and then like, I would always apply that to music or art or creative direction, or it didn't matter. It can be environmental design, but at the end of the day, like there's this connective tissue that we all have as people. And, um, and I've found that my role inside of all of this, that's swirling around us uh, is to ask questions uh, and do it in a slightly aggressive way, which is why I probably still get pegged a bit as a rabble rouser when um, like the rubber meets the road. So that's the, that's the, the hurry up offense version. <laughs> the hurry up offense version. Yeah, you got it. yeah. It's funny that you, it's funny that you brought up the, the questioning thing because when I was younger, um, I, again, I was also uh, known as a rabble rouser or ne'er do well or whatever you want to call that uh, rebellious young child with a smart mouth and uh, always asking questions. And, and it's something that I always did, right? Um, yeah. And I think when you were talking about the questioning thing, the religion thing always got me was when I was in Sunday school. I remember, you know, we, I was raised Catholic and when I was in Sunday school, I would always ask questions, like always ask questions. And I remember one, one year, I was probably, I was in middle school and I remember the teacher had had enough and she sent me to the priest's office and mm -hmm. I couldn't understand why I was in trouble for asking questions. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't understand that. I, I didn't understand how is it possible that I'm sitting here questioning what you're saying. I'm, I'm debating with you, and but and you can't give me the answer. So you're just leveling me up to someone who you think can, and then that person couldn't give me the answer either. Yeah, so, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it was very frustrating. And sometimes that again, you know, the the questioning, I I don't regret any of it. I think it I think it all and in the reality is is it made me who I am. Um, and I still do that to this day. I'll question everything. Um, why is it not working? Why why isn't somebody thought about doing it this way instead of this way? And I think it's made me a better a better person from from that standpoint. But it definitely can be taken two different ways. And I think that happens probably with you too. Where it's oh absolutely yeah. you question it and it comes off offensive and in reality is it's you weren't being offensive you're questioning it because you're curious to understand how mm-hmm. something works. Yeah, and I think that's been part of the, the process of maturing is learning how to question something in a way that it's not just me coming across as a jerk, you know, right. uh, or like just this little, you know, especially if you think about like high school and everything. I think one of the problems is it's an honest question, but it was packaged in a offensive or aggressive way. So I think learning how to be curious and ask questions in ways that are disarming uh, has been a massive piece of the journey. And, and sometimes it's something I'm still working on. And then I think there's also this countercultural piece where like now people are starting to open up to like ruthless and aggressive questioning again, but you still have to package it right, you know? So, um, so that I, I, I hear you loud and clear on that for sure. So you rolled out. So you rolled out of Baltimore. Is that right? You left Baltimore, and, and is that when you made your, your way to Tennessee, or no? Yeah. So I made. Well, I've been in Tennessee really since uh, October, and that was a decision that um, I agreed to. My uh, my ex wanted to go back to school. We share custody of my three year old daughter, who's like got me wrapped around her perfect little pinky fingers. Yes, you know, sure. of course, she's she's such a sweetie. Thank you, and um and like that is just it's been a game changer for me she was the best surprise ever and so uh, at first it was an agreement to come down here uh for uh, a little season so that mom can do some master's work and um have grandparents in proximity uh and then for me um when i'm not doing the coffee stuff i'm creative director for a tech startup that's doing a lot of really interesting things in the music industry and really anyone that has like a following or trying to get more loyalty you know and so uh, it made a lot of sense for me to be based in Nashville for that as well because I'm kind of hopping around and working in, in the music space quite a bit so so just all aligned but I, I I've got a deep love uh, for Baltimore uh, for starters and then also just being connected with vagrant coffee and then a few other uh, a few other verticals that I, I there's no way like whenever I roll back into that city man it's like my my chest swells a little bit because I it, it feels good to be back so I kind of consider myself uh, like I've got two homes right now so yeah absolutely and it's funny you brought up the the Tennessee because you're right man Tennessee is like a, a it's a it's always been but it's a, it's a huge music hub man huge yeah oh yeah the For tech sure. startup that you're working in, that you're that you're working on right now can you talk about that or is that all moms yeah no I'm, I'm I'm happy to yeah so um we're called sweets literally just the handle is at sweet like on Instagram for instance and um basically there was this uh several years ago there was a viral video of three kids playing music in their bedroom you had a, this kid who on um on banjo he picked it up and then a few months later he was one of the best in the world he's like a savant it's crazy and then his brother was on acoustic guitar and his other brother is on a fiddle 
And this thing went, you know, went viral. They were on the TED stage and Letterman and, and all over the place. And their dad was like, okay, we've got this massive following. What am I supposed to do with all this? Who are these people? How do I create more loyalty? And between him and, and one of the other uh, guys that, um, that I work with now, they came up with this rough idea for a really a loyalty platform. And um, it's, it's pretty cool without like making it sales pitchy. Basically, what we've done is we've figured out how to every time someone streams a song on Spotify or likes a photo on Instagram or does any of the stuff that we all spend our days doing, we reward with a digital token that you can cash back in on VIP tickets to the same artist or you can, you know, have unique experiences. Like there's this hip hop artist who like has his community through our platform. And like, if you uh, engage with him enough, like he, he'll invite you to his house for like basketball one-on-one. And like, it's, it's crazy. And I'm not allowed to, name drop yet like the different people that are going to be involved in this but it's 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 going to i think it's going to change the game in terms of the way that artists can get so intimately connected with fans and the way that fans can take all the stuff they're doing every day like i listen to music all day every day um now i am being thanked and rewarded for it through this platform so yeah. that's the that's it it's nuts but that's that's what i'm doing with them and i'm the creative director so my job is to make sure that like it feels the way it should and and interact with artists and all kinds of stuff so yeah yeah i, I love that because i it's funny man because i use spotify like all day long like all day yeah it's be and somebody asked me that the other day they were like do you still have satellite radio in your car and i was like nah man i canceled that um and it was funny because i'm a huge 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 if, if you guys know me i'm a huge wrestling nerd so like yeah um i love spotify not love just for the music but i love it for the podcasts yeah, but it's just such a. It's so funny how, um, how how really in touch, and it's kind of what we're going to be talking about here with branding is how interesting how celebrity and real people now are starting to almost kind of intertwine, right? That's starting to happen yeah. now because people have everybody is on the same is is almost on the, on a level playing field, like yeah. You know what I mean? Like we we didn't all have the ability to broadcast. You had to be a celebrity to be able to broadcast. Now we're all broadcasting on the same bandwidth. And it's like, like you just said, a kid in his basement that learned to play the banjo, who who is this phenom, who is a savant, goes viral and becomes a celebrity is is pretty much, it's it's available to anyone now. Yeah. So what we were were kind of talking about was you know, humans keep trying to be brands and brands keep trying to be humans. And so like, I want you to expand on that a little bit because a lot of my audience is really working on that personal branding side or they have a brand and they're trying to put somebody out front. What's your take on all that stuff? Yeah. So I ultimately, whether it be the coffee stuff or sweet or when I'm doing brand consulting or just kind of moving through my day and I'm, you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm questioning things. There's this kind of this theme that I think is really interesting about the idea of brand, uh, being a brand, uh, what brand, it, what a brand is and what it isn't. Um, you know, we've got this massive uh, influencer culture at this point as well. And it's both highlighted in some really great ways as well as mocked in other ways. Like one of my favorite things to watch on Instagram is like boyfriends of Instagram account where it's like all these people that like, like we just said, very normal people um, now have access because of the internet and because of things like social media to broadcast themselves in ways that you never could have before. Like the game is just flipped on its head. 
so the question is like with all these new tools and with all this new access and with all the stuff that's being thrown at us constantly like how do you navigate that and how do you um, distill through all of the tools and all of the like the mechanisms and ways that we try and like one up ourselves um, digitally like at what's at the core and when I talk about brand um, I, I, you know, I, I, the, the language that I like to use if I'm like talking with an, a new client is I call myself a brand therapist because I just sit down and I ask you questions until we get super, super clear. And, um, and I think that when we use the word brand at the end of the day, what we're actually saying is emotion. Like brand to me, brand equals emotion because when you think of a product, it's, it's going to at some level connect with you as a human and it's going to make you feel something. And so when we talk about brand in a personal context, like a personal brand, what I, what I believe and what I found to be true is that we are saying when someone else hears your name or sees your picture, what emotion are they going to feel? And if they, hey, if they don't feel an emotion, then you don't have a quote unquote brand with them yet. Um, you're, you know, you're, you, you're just invisible, so to speak in this, if I can be frank in this kind of language. Um, and then same thing, if you're a company, like when someone thinks of your brand, whatever it is, um, what do they feel? And to me, um, that's why uh, there's this really, I'm very, it's very curious to me to watch what's happening and, and what I see and hear and talk about a lot with people is that like, you know, I, I believe in the idea of, of, of the personal brand and I believe in the importance of a company to try and connect at a human level with people. Um, but I think sometimes what happens is um, we, we come about it like the opposite way that we should. So here's what I mean by that. And then you please interrupt and, sh and shut me up or ask any questions because I'll geek out on this for a while. No, I, I like what I'm hearing yeah. and that's why I, w I was literally oh, cool. going to say to you expand yeah. on that. Okay, cool, cool. So like I think what happens is a lot of times companies are like, okay, we, we've got to like have a better brand. So the first thing they do is they, is they do a, a rebrand, but the rebrand is just painting lipstick on the same busted old barn, right? It's they, they create a new logo, they roll out a new digital strategy and they, um, they, they posture themselves visually, um, with a maybe it's a new agency or whatever and they put all this energy and all these all these dollars into what they think is a rebrand but at the end of the day they're the same damn company and they've got the same principles and so whether they have it more beautified or not they're going to communicate a lot of the same emotion because they didn't do the hard work of digging deeper and figuring out what's what's under the surface behind the logo whether the logo is in comic sans from a microsoft word document from 20 years ago or whether it's a beautifully branded logo from you name it today um it's they haven't gone beyond that and then conversely i think what happens is people people can do this as well as individuals we're like okay i need a i need a brand and so like i walked into this um this blogger event here in nashville a few months back and um they had this uh, this person that was um 
you know, it was like a keynote that was talking to this whole room full of people that are just scratching and clawing for kind of the same airwave space, so to speak, um, on, on Instagram. And, and they were, the, the, the tools that they were describing and the things that they were doing were all um, like, you know, make sure you have a color palette. Um, make sure that your feed, like just dis- discussing like very practical things that are practical and things that will beautify it and things that might in some ways help communicate because imagery, I'm a big believer that imagery communicates a lot. But yeah. what they haven't asked is they haven't gotten like you, you, there's a lot of talk about getting down to the why, so to speak. But like at the end of the day, what they haven't done is talked and you couldn't do this in that setting, but you haven't sat down with that person and said, why the hell are you doing this? And, and, and why is this important to you? Why is this what you're giving your energy to? And I'm a believer that like if you can't bore down enough to get to some piece of this of, of you as a human that at your core, you can't help but do this because you love this and you see how this thing or this idea or this piece of yourself connects at a human level with the person next to you or the person on the other side of that counter or on the other side of that iPhone screen. If you haven't reached that place, you haven't arrived and it won't be as well received as it could or should. So that's um, that's my my like my passion when it comes to this stuff is like like people be people first and make it beautiful but like don't don't try so hard to be this contrived professional whatever if you if you don't even know what it is that you plan on saying and who you're going to say it to and why the hell they're going to listen to you in the first place because you have something to say so that's my yeah no, and I like that because it really at the end of the day, what I was talking about a few, it was a couple of videos ago that I uploaded, and when when I changed my trajectory from building our agency and 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 getting out there and and selling and selling and selling and selling and selling, and when I changed the trajectory, where I basically was like, you know what, we're at the point now, we we've done a good job, and this was kind of all the plan anyway. But I was like, yeah. we were at the point where we finally were in a zone where the agency was not, I don't want to say running on autopilot, but it, it like we, everything was, was working and, and still is working, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, and like anybody else's business, we have ups and downs. I mean, shit happens. You lose clients and you know, whatever it is, it, it just, you were, yeah. you have to replace employees. I mean, that, that stuff happens, but a few years ago, I decided that I was just going to open up the gates of like my life basically and say, all right, this is like all the shit that's happened to me, man. And I yeah. remember like it was LinkedIn when I first did it. It wasn't Facebook. I literally wrote like, God, man, I think I wrote so much that they literally said, we can't, you can't post any more words. And it ended up becoming yeah. different ones, but it was like, I just got yeah. it all out. You have to. And dude, like all of a sudden, like, I like shit just all of a sudden, like just started changing around me. Like people were like, yeah, man, I went through the same thing. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, and then, and then I was like, all right, well then how can I take what, how did I get out of it? I need to write that down. And then now I need to share that. And then that's when I started realizing that nobody gave a fuck about what I sold. Like they just didn't even care. Like it, they, they, it was cool. And what I'm, what we do as an agency is cool and it, and it works for our clients. Like we have really happy clients and the, the energy that we've built around it for our clients is, is really good and, and everyone's happy. But 
it was the stuff from the inside that I was like, I can give back all this stuff that happened to me and show people how to get through it and that you can get through it because the stuff that had happened to me, I was like, at one point was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, yeah, I mean, it was dark, man. And I, I yeah. picked myself up. I mean, there was a little bit of help from other people, but not that many people like, to be honest with you, a lot of it was just me. And when I was able to do that and then now take it and now I can share it. Um, now you're talking about purpose. Like we were just talking about now you're talking about why I do it, man. Why I do it, bro, is because when people DM me, it's not even public stuff. Majority of the time it's when people DM me and they're like that, what you just posted was awesome. That really helped me. Could you come talk to these other people for me? Or could you come help this charity? Or could you come could you show me how to do this? And I have no problem doing that. And that's really what is feeding me now from an emotional standpoint. That's why I do it. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I completely agree. And I think what happens is like what you're describing is like people see somebody who's willing uh, when you do that, they see you and they're like, this guy's willing to like be transparent and honest about the fact that some of this stuff is hard. And, and like, I can trust myself and, and the vulnerable, at least this vulnerable part of me with them because they were, they were willing to step out into that unknown territory. You were willing to step out in that unknown territory and just put it out there, you know, without an, uh, a clear understanding of how it was going to be received or what people might think. You were like, this, I just got to do this. And I think people, um, I think we live in an era where people need that. Uh, and it's, that's massive. Yeah. And I think what it really originally was is that at that point in my life, I didn't have anybody that I could talk to. So, yeah, so you, I, that's like what, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I did. And it was funny. Cause like, I, I, I usually am like such like an internal hater when, when people like, will be like literally like a Facebook post, like, um, you know, Jimmy's at it again. He's the worst kid ever, you know, blah, blah. Like, what do I do? Like, yeah. I feel so terrible. I don't want to be here anymore. And then it's like, it's almost like a grab for like attention and engagement. Uh, yeah. If that yeah, makes totally. sense. And that's not what yeah, yeah. My, that originally was for. It was originally like I needed to talk and I didn't know who to talk to. So I just put it out there. And then all of a sudden like came back and I was like, oh, all right. Uh, maybe I should just continue to do this. And that's where it's like, when we talk about like personal brand, I really don't have a, a map of branding for myself. I really don't have a color. I mean, I guess I have a color scheme now and I don't even know how it even appeared like the yellow, pink and black. And I don't even know how that appeared. I think I just picked it one day, but whatever it yeah. is, like I don't even stick to any kind of plan. And yeah. um, when you see the aesthetics of some other, someone else's, um, I, I, it's definitely their creative side coming out, but I yeah. I've never like when they put that stuff before the content or what the content's for, that's when I've got a problem when they care more about their highlights being a certain light blue or light pink or, um, yeah. everything's exactly the same or whatever it is. Like, my God, man, it's like, you're, you're no, it's the same shit. Everyone else is seeing. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I'm like, uh, I, 
like I think that it's this question of like, well, why should anyone care at that point? You know, if your voice is the same as anyone else's, and so basically what you're describing and what I found to be true is like the thing that makes your voice unique is you, right? It's like you had this have this powerful story to share. I have a powerful story. We all have that, and so like way beyond like picking, uh, you know, a, a scheme or like a posting schedule or whatever else. Like when you're willing to like share a piece of yourself, um, then people resonate with that. And and I agree. I think that like you have to you have to be at an honest place of self assessment and and like a a, a, a relentless. Um, and I would say regular audit of your own intentions. You know. Um, and but like when you do that, and then you post from uh, or you you leave a comment or whatever from that place, like I think people smell that and they and they really appreciate it. So I think yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing I think with with what we both do is we we drink our own Kool Aid, and so oh, yeah. like when I talk about what I think someone should do in a room, right in the very beginning, and I even tell tell them I'm like, dude, one, you're all gonna like open your notebooks and write shit down like 1% of you is going to utilize this and actually go do it. And I'll 100% follow you and I'll like every post and I'll give you all the, the engagement that you want. I'll do all that for you. I'm not asking for anything in return, but I'm really, really going to support. I don't even think I've released this video yet, but I'm really going to support the people that are listening and they're actually going to execute on what I'm telling them in this room. And there always yeah. is that's and it, it never fails, man that 1% is always the ones that continue to go to, to actually go and do it. And so yeah. at, the, at the end of it, uh, those are the people that I'm still putting all my energy towards. Um, and I, I, again, yeah, I just posted about this. Like uh, it's, it's what keeps me moving is the, that 1% where they hit me up and they're like, like yesterday, there was a, a young lady, younger girl. And she's like, I launched my, launched my first podcast. I did my first episode. It's all about me. That's awesome. Introduction to me. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. I was like, way to go. That's great. I know. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. And she hit me up and she was like, I don't know what I should name it. I don't know what I should name it. And I gave her a name. She's like, that's why you get paid the big bucks. And I said, nobody pays me big bucks. They don't pay us <laughs> big bucks. The creative minds, they get what they need and they roll. Yeah, but what the but half the payment is knowing that you move that person to action. Like there's this it, there's this feeling that you get, you know, when you when you know that that person actually in, responded and their their trajectory is going to be shifted a little bit just because they they listened and then and activated. Like that's so powerful. It's you so powerful. that's awesome. People don't even real and maybe it's because I've gotten old. I'm, I I turned forty in December. I'll be forty one this coming December. Uh, yeah. between 38 and 40 is when I started looking at the world differently. And I don't know if yeah. it was midlife crisis, you can call it whatever you want, but I, I, I looked at the world a lot differently and was going, all right, man, like I've done all that, had all that, did all this, did none of the, none of this really filled me up. And then I started realizing like the one selfish act that I have is like, I love when somebody tells me that they, that I help them. And that is like worth so much more to me than a dollar yeah. amount you can write to me. It, mm -hmm. it just is. Like the money is always gonna be like, oh, our company is always gonna do, make money, right? But at the end of the day, like once, before I lay my head down at night, if I helped someone do something to change their life in a positive direction, 
then I feel like I actually really truly accomplish a lot. Oh, absolutely, because it's legacy. You know, I think like there's this this piece of us that's just hardwired to want to 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 keep going and to live on and to and to know that like we have taken a piece of ourselves and a piece of our heart or our our sweat and injected that into someone else. And the more you do that, like that's just that's legacy and it's huge. It's funny because we were talking about transparency. So one of my mentors is a guy by the name of Dennis Yu. Um, he worked for Yahoo for a really long time. Um, and it's just mentor been for some reason, saw something in me and has meant been mentoring me for, geez, it's probably going on four years now, three or four years now. It's great. It's amazing by the way. Like he's getting ready to speak at the digital agency expo with Vaynerchuk and all these other guys. Like he's, he's one of the keynotes and yeah. I hit him up and I said, you know, man, I said, I'm looking at this digital agency expo and I'm like, nobody's talking about reputation management here. Everybody's talking about social media and this, that and everything else and Facebook plumbing and this and that. And I said, nobody's talking about reputation. I said, can you get me to speak on there? And he said, yep, absolutely. And he's like, I'll, I'll do that for you. And I didn't hear back from him for like two days. And I hit him up yesterday and I said, hey, man, um, I was like, I don't want to bother you, man. I was like, I just wanted to know, like, I guess no news is bad news or whatever it is. And he said, and he literally said to me, Todd, he's like, people come to you already for you to go and, and speak and talk. And I said, yeah, that's true. And he goes, they'll come to you when they're ready and when you're ready. And I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. humble, yeah. hum- but here's the deal at that moment. I felt very humbled, very mm-hmm. going, it's, it's still not my time yet. It, it's hap- There's yeah. some things that are happening, but it's still not my time yet. And he, he, and he literally said to me, he's like, you should make a video about this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He said, he's like, you got to talk about it, man. He's like, this is a video for you. You're trying to rush the process. And he's like, mm. and you do talk about patience. He's like, but you're trying to rush the process. And I go, you're right. And so that led me back to the whole situation is that even the inspirers still need to be inspired. Yeah. You yeah, absolutely. I mean? Like we, we do. still all yeah. need that other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like there's a dose of like really healthy humility inside of that. I had something kind of similar happen a while back at a, at a music conference here in Nashville where the keynotes like uh, in this one panel were were discussing things. And I was and I was like internally just like seething because I was like, yeah, that was true years ago or like, no, that's just bad. And for like somebody asked a question and the, and the, the response was literally just wrong. And, and I was so frustrated because I was like, this is garbage. Like, and I thought to your point, I should be up there right now telling them not this Joe. Right. And then I stepped out and I was kind of filtering some of this out with a mentor of mine. And they were like, well, first of all, they earned this, they earned the right to be up there. You haven't yet. Or so, so chill out. And I think that there's something that is this really healthy reminder, at least for me, because I can be so egocentric, like just chill out. You don't have all the answers. You have maybe a couple, but like, give it time, let the process do its thing, you know? So yeah, and that, that's kind of, yeah, so I still have to make that video and I promised them I would make it. So that's on the list of things to do today because I really want to do that up because I want people to understand that it it happens to absolutely everybody, even at 40. Every level. Old, dude, yeah, you're, you're, you, like the punch in the face is, it is sometimes the best thing that can happen to you. And I am, 100% proof of that 
is the punch in the face yeah. is sometimes the best thing that can happen to you. I would go out on a limb and say your daughter, who was who was a surprise in the very beginning, that was a punch in the face to you, and now it's turned mm -hmm. into the most amazing thing that you've ever done in your life. Oh yeah, and she not only was that like she was like. And I call her the brightest spot because in some ways she was like this this reality check and this 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 gut check and punch. And then it was also coming on the heels of like a lot of other pieces of my life just full on like imploding and exploding at the same time where my entire circle and network was being upheaved and my career was moving from music into some of these other things that I'm doing now that I hadn't even fully realized yet. And like, and if it were not for, somebody asked me on Instagram uh, stories, it was one of those, one of those ask me any things. And, and they said like, what is the one of the best moments of your life? and worst moments and and I, I caveated it and I said like it'd be easy to say like that Margot is is the best moment and that you know this this season of life where everything imploded and, and I self-destructed was the worst but I actually think that it's all one and the same because if it were not for those gut checks if it were not for being completely leveled then then I would not be the person that I am and am becoming because you have to have those moments and without that pain and without that process, I just don't think we get there because you don't learn enough about oneself. So I, I agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that because it's, it's very, my best lessons came from my, my literal worst failures. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and so, and I think, honestly, I think the reason that I'm, I'm, I'm having some success in helping others is because I have just, failed and fucked up so much that I'm like, oh yeah, I already did that one. Like here, mm -hmm. it, it, you'll make it. It'll be okay. Here, get up. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, exactly. You're like, here, it's like, I promise you're going to get through this. It might not feel like it in this moment, but the only way out is through and you're going to get through. So just buckle up and be patient. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you know, what are the, what are the alternatives, right? What's yeah. the alternative? Yeah. And so yeah. I, at, at the end of the day, it's like, you can either be the give up person or, or the person who, who carries on. And, you know, that's the difference. So kind of moving, you know, and transgressing into that. I talk a lot about being authentic. You talk a yeah. lot about being uh, more sincere and, you know, yeah. they kind of, people get confused about those two words, thinking that they're almost completely the same thing, but they're not Talk to me about, you know, how I'm wrong and you're right. No, I'm just joking. How about, <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about the differences between sincerity and sincerity, sincerity as like as, as currency, right? And how yeah, yeah. authenticity is kind of, eh, you know. Well, I'll be, I'll be in full, in full candor. I just got sick of hearing the word authentic for a while. And so I was like, what else is there other than the word authentic? And then I, I, you know, I heard someone use the word sincere and I started thinking about this, that like, you know, the, the, I, I, and first of all, I think being authentic is, is paramount, right? We have to be authentic, but like, um, I, I like the, the reason I like the word sincere is, um, I, I think that, um, you can, you can be, um, authentic without being sincere. I don't think that you can, well, no, I'm actually challenging myself now. You and I were talking one time about this. You told me that sincerity is like one layer deeper. 
Yeah. So like to me, like I think that when I when I talk about sincerity, it's like it's it's a full degree of complete. Um, not only am I present, not only here, and I'm being authentic about who I am, but I'm being sincere in in my intentions. I'm being sincere in the way that I. Uh, that I posture myself versus insincere. Like you can, you can always tell that person, right? You're in it. You're. Uh, I used to feel this a lot. Uh, no shade on DC. I love DC, but one of the things that used to frustrate me is that, like I'd, I'd pop into DC, driving uh, there, like for like. Uh, yeah, I'd drive into DC or, uh, and like <laughs> from, from Nashville last week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like, no, like if I'm at like a happy hour in DC or I'm with like, um, some friends in DC, I would feel like the conversations, um, were, were often very insincere in that people were, um, only trying to leverage the, the connective tissue that I might have professionally for them. I'd feel like people are like verbally scrolling through my LinkedIn profile, trying to look for points of connection. And I'm like, I want to know who you are. I want to know what you're all about. I want to know where you, as we were just describing, I want to know where you've been leveled. Right. And I want to know those kind of those, those bits of information. And I think what happens with sincerity, especially this idea of sincerity as currency, is I think um, sincerity translates into trust. And the more that you trust someone or the more that you trust it could be a, a brand as in like a, a company, the greater trust that you have, it's because there have been a lot of deposits of, of truth and of sincerity. And so the more, I mean, you think about the most meaningful friendships that one has in their life, it's usually because there have been a lot of iterations and a lot of moments of, of, of honesty and authenticity and sincerity. And sometimes it might not even be uh, well received. Like somebody could be really sincere in telling you something that um, you don't want to hear, right? But it has to be said. And I think that what happens is over time, um, there's this um, – it's, it's almost like a bank, if you will. Like there are these uh, – you're making deposits every time that happens. And there might be a withdrawal here or there. But at the end of the day, you're accruing and you're increasing this balance of trust. And it's this idea of trust equity that, that you now have. So I think the greater degree of sincerity that we can have um, – it's it's it really is like this currency um, that that we can exchange and give and take with in our uh, our relationships, both personally and professionally, as a as a human, as a as a brand, as anything. So, that makes yeah. sense. I don't know if that's what's yeah. what's funny about that is um, it. I guess I guess the sincerity for me is more for the other person. Right. And I guess that's kind of the differentiator for me, like between those two types of things is like the authenticity is more about you. The sincerity is more about what you're giving to the other person. If that makes no, sense. Absolutely. I'm more absolutely. of a listener yeah. here than I, and then I am a talker in authenticity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the idea, I can't, I don't know if I used this word when I was talking about the DC piece, but like the idea of pretense, like sincerity is if there's no pretense, it's like, there's no agenda. Right. Yep. So you can you, you can be authentic while still having an agenda uh, in, in like uh, I love Nashville, but it's a it's a networking town. Right. It's, a, it's an entertainment town. So there might be an agenda behind something. And that person is super authentic. They are exactly who they are, but there's still an agenda attached to the dynamic that's at play. And so for me, because I've always got my spidey senses up and it's how I'm wired, I can smell that. 
And I know if I can, then other people might as well. Whereas somebody that is authentic and sincere, you know who they are, where they've come from, and you know that there's no agenda and you can fully open yourself up and have a meaningful transaction, like human transaction. Oh yeah, there's no question about it, man. I mean, like when you and I first met, we were, 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 were we introduced to each other? Is that just, how that it was just down? with it was it was all digital if I remember right it was it was through it's because one of the other guys at the coffee uh, company uh, unless I'm forgetting something he was just like hey man this is a guy you need to know and it was just because he like he from your energy and vibe and what you were saying it it there was the same degree of that transparency so yeah. it it made this this point of connection so yeah and and that's I'll, I'll tell you what man. Um, that's one of the that that to me is one of the biggest things about you know a lot of people shit on social media dude i've made some really 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 good fucking friends um yeah via social media man and when Same. And you probably went through this you know in your life too is mm-hmm. you start doing that audit of your circle right like the audit of of who you're, ha- you're hanging around like I, ha- I i don't drink anymore right so i haven't drank in like five years so yeah i started auditing like what i hang out with this person if you know we didn't drink like what i saw a phone with this person and i yeah some friends made the cut and some friends didn't and what ended up happening is really i ended up you know just kind of like introverting myself to a point where it's like three people in my life right but there's these other people in this other world in this digital world that are like really good friends of mine now that i check in on like daily and I'm just like, hey man, what's going on? Like, oh, that's awesome. Like just little things to let them know that I'm thinking about them, right? And I think that's one of the things I like about social media so much is that, you know, um, and we're gonna get into like, you know, what would your life be without it? With For me, it would it would be, a, it would suck. And the reason I say that is because I, I would be sad that I would lose the connection, one, with that person that I may not have had that connection with, and two, that I can send something that most people would find very unsincere like a smiley face or a thumbs up or a clap or a 100 to let that person know that when i see them doing something good i'm i'm showing them that i'm being supportive by doing that so yeah um, totally yeah i mean auditing the circle if you guys haven't done that yet and i'm not sitting here and saying that if you don't drink or if you drink you're bad and i don't i don't throw that shade on anyone if you still drink like dude that's awesome for you it just wasn't working for me anymore and from yeah. the standpoint of like i'd much rather i had one of my friends actually send me a uh, a quote from my it was like two podcasts ago maybe and it was talking about how like i go into like a zone when i run now and like that's where i get yeah. my high it's like running like that's my thing yeah and so yeah, yeah i get um, that yeah and he was just like damn dude he's like i was like good he's like yeah it's great and it was the same thing like that person's in my circle now because one they don't drink which doesn't mean you you if you drink you can't hang out with me like i can hang out with you but Mm -hmm. at one point you and i are not going to be on the same level right and so that's going to hurt our hurt our relationship yeah, well, and it's like essentially what you're doing is you're looking at these habits and you know that like if, if a habit has a very dominant place in someone's life, then there might be a piece of them that doesn't align with like what you personally 
uh, really value. And it's it's okay to be honest in saying that. First of all, I think sometimes we live in a culture where it's not okay to say that. And then second of all, like we all have a very finite amount of energy. So it's like basically what you're doing when you're auditing is you're trying to decide like, I only have so much energy to give and I want to give it in the places and with the people that make the absolute most sense for all of us. So it's not only like being selfish with time and, and energy, it's actually being generous with it because it means you're giving it to places where it's going to matter the most. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one thing that I've I've started to realize is that like now the people that I'm talking to and that I'm helping or whatever it is, like it's the time is, is more well spent. If that makes sense. Yeah, and to be well, quite yeah. honest with you, you walk away feeling daughter, good. Yeah, and just like your daughter, like, dude, my kids are like my best friends, man. Yeah. Like, I love that. I'm telling you, like, I've got technically I've got four children, so two girls and two boys, yeah. and mm-hmm. and dude, they're my, they're like my fucking best friends, man. They're always there, but yeah, we, we can always communicate from a standpoint of like we even when we're mad at each other, right? It's just like when you're in love with someone, it's like. Even when you're mad at each other, you still love that person. And they're still supporting. Of course, yeah. They're always gonna have your back. And it's like it's just it's just an amazing feeling. And I just think as you get older, it's funny how, you know, we want to get away from our parents. <laughs> and I have really good parents. <laughs> I, I, I've been, I'm one of the lucky ones, dude. I've had some I have two really, really good parents. My my dad especially is like he's unbelievable. And my mom's at hundred percent Italian, so it is what it is. Um, but she still has some <laughs> work really hard to pull it out. Um uh, but it's funny because like as you get older you're like dude i want to go hang out with my dad you know it's like when you're 20 you're like give me the fuck away from me dude it's like Hold yeah. yeah so let's talk about that because we were talking about how like i would lose a piece and i don't know if you would but if social media like disappeared tomorrow you know what would your life and your work and and things that would you be devastated and you know i, I don't think i'd be devastated but it would definitely hurt my business one no question yeah yeah totally. and, and yeah, for sure course. And maybe not social media so much. I mean, well, maybe it would. I don't know. I mean, more reputation management. People are still going to be assholes online, so that, that'll never go away. But I've helped myself from a recession-proof business there. But from yeah. a personal standpoint, yeah, I'd be sad I'd lose those connections. I mean, how about, what's your take on that? Well, so to me, I kind of uh, – it, it's kind of a couple things. I would uh, I would caveat it by saying like sometimes these questions that I ask of myself or of others it's simply it's that same idea that we started with like it's it's a posture of curiosity you know what I mean it's like if if these certain social constructs didn't exist what would life look like um, and with this one in particular, like I was, there's this guy down here that, um, he reached out to, um, shoot some content a few months back and he's a really great shooter. Uh, and he like the, the quality of his art, of his photography is, it's like, it's less, um, it's actually, uh, in my opinion, it's not like social media is not good enough in a lot of ways for, for what he does. Like he's a very, it's it's an art that belongs in more of a gallery environment, you know. Um, it's not something that you, it's not something to be scrolled past. It's something to be like framed and appreciated. And so that was probably, if I remember right, that was the first time I asked that question. I, I just said, and I was like, well, man, as a photographer, like, if Instagram disappeared, what then? And we kind of went down this rabbit trail, and then um, I like we got, we got about a not month. to cut you off, Michael, but we got we got kind yeah. of a taste of that, right? Yeah, I kind of yeah. a taste of we, that a couple weeks ago. 
totally. No, we totally did. Um, and but for him, what he did is he went out and he was like, he literally did a quick Kickstarter. Uh, no, it wasn't a Kickstarter. He just did pre-sales, and then he made a coffee table book. And the he's got this incredible. Yeah, well, he, he made it. He made Seinfeld a reference. Of, uh, Nobody knows about that audience Seinfeld reference. Go watch that episode. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> So, we're starting to show our age now that's the thing so um so like no he he made a coffee table book and he uh it, it, and it's like uh, in every photo it, not only did he make a coffee table he had a spotify playlist that he that he curated along with it and he made this experience that's very tangible and that was his way of of taking his art and 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 doing something tangible with it so in a different context i actually i mean i fully agree like instagram if not for uh for instagram and social media um and yeah, i'm very curious about this TikTok space now and as it's like the wild west and it's so fun oh i love it yeah TikTok's amazing. yeah i do i do i don't do much with it personally yeah, I, I mean, mine is like one video where it's a time lapse of my daughter walking around in the fall, and it's super cute. But I, um, I've, I'm, I'm there. I'm like a silent watcher who's working on things professionally with it. So it's, it's, it's interesting. But I, I love it. So, like, let me actually start from that place. I love social media. It's great um, because, to your point, like it, in it's it's this point of connection for us right and um and i think it's powerful i think you actually said this um that one of your more recent instagram posts you were talking about how you're the same person uh on instagram or on, on online as you are like when you're in your home and i think that that's really important and powerful and that's kind of one of the pieces of that question is like if if social media disappeared tomorrow like would we approach our vacations the same way would we approach our um like the, the, social media as a tool for business you'd find a different tool right um but like what about what we do and how we're wired would, would shift so like to me that's like a, a litman's test for if i'm placing too much emphasis on like on like one piece of it versus looking at it holistically so it's just a like to me it's an interesting question and i don't think there's a cut and dry answer because we all it's a tool and it's a platform that we all use in such different ways uh that for me it's just one that i like to ask of myself and ask of other people particularly creators to see like what are these things that we're thinking about because as we know we, we're seeing it already like everything has a shelf life you know so i think it's not only a good question to just challenge us ourselves in the here and the now but it's also it's probably a good thing to be thinking about because we have to we have to be thinking forward about like what we're going to do next i mean if i would have put all my apples in my space right you know so um so that's kind of, again showing my age um but like i think that's just a piece of it so i'll be 37 this year by the way i'm not far behind you but i'm, I'm yeah. right in with you so yeah exactly dude. and yeah. so yeah and i mean that's so from a creative standpoint and that's what i was going to talk to you about with your um you know with, with when i look at your we'll just we'll just talk about instagram for a second but when i look at your cool. instagram to me it's I, I love, for me, right, you chose this very simplistic, um, I it, mean, it's obvious, you know, to me, it's very organized, and it's, it's, it's like organized chaos, if you will, right? So it's yeah. like, you chose, 
you chose to tell your story through your feed in specific and certain ways. The images are beautiful. They're very, they're a lot, majority of it. I can get what you do or what you like just from seeing the images. If I was just scrolling through the feed, you know, what your interests are, what you love, you know? Um, so like I could sit here and be like, he loves his daughter. He's a good dad. He loves riding his motorcycle. He loves clothes. Right. I mean, just like these, yeah. like these types of things from a, just from a creative standpoint, I can already see this. How do, now this would be a good, really good question from that standpoint, from what we were talking mm -hmm. about. How do you, think that that do you post based on what you think the algorithm is going to like or do you post based on just your intuition of like you know what i like this image i like this picture i'm putting it out there and how much thinking goes into yeah. the processing of the image yeah so for me um it, i kind of don't have a specific formula for for some of that and uh, the way that i approach it like i tend to like i i have decided to what we were saying earlier like if if what we're doing is communicating i i have i kind of balance the communication from the standpoint of um and how can i let me take a half step back and then kind of zoom back in on it um i think communication like people make uh, we all make judgments and assessments long before we engage with a person like you walk up to a, a, a you walk through a door and an environment informs you about what you're stepping into, right? The, 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 whether it's decorated well or not. And then you walk up to that person that you're meeting there and you've already started to make judgments off of about them based off of where they said, hey, let's meet here. So if you walk in the environment and the environment's nice, you automatically have a better idea or taste in your mouth about the person you're about to meet. And if they like are, are put together well and you can tell that they care about like presenting themselves well, then that is another layer and another piece of information that you now have, most likely subconsciously, but it's there and it's at work in your mind and in your heart about how to engage with this person. So I say that to kind of zoom back into Instagram. It's like if somebody walked into the room, the room being my Instagram page, would they like – would they feel like, okay, this place is all right. You know what I mean? Um, and then when they, when they zoom in and they get closer to me and we sit down at the table to like order our meal, um, what would they think? So the way that I approach Instagram, I guess, um, it, 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 this is some of this is stuff that I've even thought about more recently. I think I posted something about it within the last few posts that I have to figure out which one it was, but, um, is, is that idea. So like my, I don't have a schedule. I don't, I don't really overthink a lot of it. It's, it's usually an expression of my heart and about the most that I do in terms of planning or deciding things for it is I just make sure that like, it's not overly saturated with one piece. So I make like an, my motor, a motorcycle post every other post. And that's literally the extent of my personal strategy <laughs> that's so funny when you it comes to it. Looking at it. You're absolutely right. You do. How funny. Yeah. And, and, the, and that's, that's kind of even a newish thing. Like well, it's, your pattern disrupt. it's your pattern disrupt. That's yeah, the way that yeah, I, look exactly. at it. I look at it. Like it's yeah, a no, you're, pattern disrupt for your followers. Exactly. And so uh, outside of that, it's, it's interesting. Like, uh, I, I might post a photo here. Let me pull it up. Um, like the photo I posted yesterday has like a fourth of the likes that 
um, another photo might get. But it's like I don't really, I don't really know or try to figure out what the algorithm is going to push or what I think people will engage with because there and, and this is stuff that I spend hours uh, for other people uh, mapping out and like artists and bands and things like that trying to really dig deeper and I can for myself but I, I, I very intentionally try not to um, because I, I want this to be a sincere expression not contrived based off of data points that I know Right. Um, so, I, so, so I try and create a couple layers of blindness for myself, so that I know that what I what I might say or might post is because it's what I sincerely want to say or post, not because I know if I post it at six thirty in the morning on a Thursday, that's going to be a peak time because I know that that's when my demo is most engaged. Which, oddly enough, is like the literal example for one of the bands that I do some of this stuff with. So, like. Um, so to that point, it might be a photo of Margot that actually no, this is the one time I get I get I'll get pissed off if I post a photo of Margot and people don't smash like on it all day long. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's the cutest thing in the world. Y'all get over here. You like her photo, and you're gonna give your screen a kiss. And if you don't, I'm gonna hunt you down. But otherwise, <laughs> like I don't really. It's, it's well, dude, like the little of, May twentieth yeah. where you're feeding her. And then that's like, the oh, yeah, where she's sitting, reading the book on the couch. Like, dude, how, you know what? Totally. Like, how did I not like that? Like, I just went and liked it. Yeah. Like, how did I not like oh, that? Thank oh, you. oh, you know why? Because I'm so liking all the motorcycle ones. Uh, like, but here, so, so here's an example of like getting over, getting over things, right? The photo of like where like she's climbing on my back and I woke her up. I remember like the single dad thing is, it is, can be a challenge because um, there's not like, like when you're just out with people you know how like you're enjoying a moment and then you've got a friend that snaps a picture of it and now you have that picture as a memory and as a moment like never had that and i remember sitting with margo one time in bed and reading her a book and i was like man i wish i could capture this moment and i was like what do i mean what do i mean wish like i can just do it and i grabbed my phone I literally took a piece of tape and I taped my phone to the wall, kid you not, with a self-timer. And then I crawled back into bed, 10 seconds later, I snapped the photo and I was like, "I this is amazing. Because it was a chance of me to literally see a picture of me and my daughter just doing our thing, right? And so I've like, I do that somewhat frequently now as a chance to like share more of the vulnerable moments and um and it's it's for me it's like it's an it's a, it's a piece of my heart you know i was just gonna so. say and that's i think what's so cool about it is that it's really what you're doing is really a documentation of your your life as a father um yeah with your daughter and i think that's where you know at the end of the day hey look all of us that are listening that are dads you know we all know even whether it's a daughter or a son man i mean there's nothing that there's you know there's times where renner or logan will be like can you scratch my back before bed and i'm like oh my gosh you know it's like how much longer are they going to ask for this you know in your head sometimes yeah right but yeah. eventually they're just they're like get the fuck out like i'm going to want to talk to you <laughs> So you want to try to document and keep all that stuff. Now, you know, dude, do they, you know, they actually make something where you can stick the phone to the wall and do that. Like you don't have to tape it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've since put a little, a legwork into that, but I, um, and, and I don't just tape my phone to the wall anymore, but, um, are you taking most of your own pictures? So, um, if it's of me, it's kind of a, a, quite an interesting 
split now. Um, let me just scroll back and look. The majority of the photos that get posted at this point are are photos that I've been roped into. Um, I've never once re like asked for content to shoot from a company, or I've never once uh, like pursued someone and been like, "Hey, I've got a motorcycle, and I would love it if you would take pictures of me on sure. it." It's always been it's always been people reaching out, and and if I may, I think a piece of that. Is because they see that like I mean what I say, or like it's it's honest or sincere, and so they respond. And they're like, I want to I want to be a little part of that, and I want to help document that. And um, and so I would say it's probably eighty percent that, um, and then twenty percent stuff where it's like you know a self timer with Margot. Uh, and it didn't start that way. It started with even the early outfit photos. I remember. So this is a, a those of you that are in Baltimore that are listening, and you, you know you might know of Alicia from Discover Charm City. The entire reason I started a website and started pressing in more on like talking about men's styling and posting photos of my outfits is because she's like, Micah, you should. And she said that for long enough that I finally one day, same thing, self timer, took a picture of the outfit, posted it. Did that enough, but was honest and sincere enough about it that it started to catch. So, so don't be afraid to do that, y'all. What are you using yeah. um, to edit your photos? Are you using Lightroom? I used to use Lightroom. Um, I still do sometimes. Honestly, a lot of my editing is is in Visco, VSCO. That's uh, that's the I've got like a couple of presets in there. I use A6. I uh, will adjust the light. I'll bump the uh, the. Cl I don't do clarity very much. I'll do sharpness. Um, but I, I'm also a proponent or a believer that like garbage in, garbage out. So like y'all, if you want to take photos. Just study composition, study light, study like don't. It's not good enough to just take your phone and, and try and take a picture. Like learn how to communicate and use the tool, and then learn how to edit the the thing. Like yeah, a bad photo from the start is going to be a bad photo, even if you put a good filter on it. So anyway, that's a good. That's a great that's, tip. I mean, you're starting. You're starting to see now that really these devices are are be, where it's almost to the point where you don't even need um, to actually even shoot with an, a, 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 a professional camera anymore. I mean, we, we, I've got, I've got, bro, I've got fucking gear to the, to the goddamn ceiling in here right now. And majority of the time now, most of our shit is shot right from my phone. Oh, absolutely. And I would say like, culturally speaking, people are even resonating better with like stuff that is shot from a phone, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy, but you're, you're absolutely right. I, and what's funny, this is, uh, I'm going to geek for five seconds and then I'll stop. But like, I remember in high school, I, um, I was our yearbook editor and I shot on a, uh, on a camera that required me to roll my own film and then take that film into a dark room and develop the film and watch those photos come to life in in a pan and then hang them and let them dry and then crop and then like clip crop them and then send them into the publishing company that did our yearbook and this whole process and it created a sense of reverence around imagery and around the way things can are communicated that I think can get lost uh, if if we just are like just rapid firing so that's why I say like learn learn how to, learn how to make it a craft and respect it and then I think that it, it affects the way that you use it and the way that you communicate with it so whatever it is not be photography but any of y'all that are listening if there is a thing that you're doing learn how to respect and revere the craft 
don't just jump in and think you can do it from the jump because you probably won't be nearly as good as you will if you put in the sweat equity into doing it right. So that's that it. Okay, I'm done. That, no, no, dude, that resonates so yeah. much in anything in life and what you just said. And let me tell you why. So why uh, i guess it was the beginning of 2019 and I, I can use this for anything but some recently i think i just posted about this like some somebody somebody that was going to be a prospective client said yeah. to me, uh, you probably saw this but basically said that uh my prices were fucking ridiculous and oh, if yeah. i lowered our prices for our agency we could scale better and i literally just, like sent him back <sighs> motherfucker i scaled four years ago like you know like, our shit's already you know, I already know what the market is, man. I know where our pricing is, right? You just didn't see the value and that's okay. I was literally about to say that this is about value. Yeah. Oh, value exceeds cost, bud. I mean, there's no question. I, and I know that for a fact, right? I did my due diligence. That's my job as selling product or sell, selling value in a product to, to get someone to make a decision to buy a product. My whole point is to go and do the research to back up the value exceeding the cost. But early January, 2019, I, I, I've had um, Adam on as our videographer, one of our videographers um, on for a really long time. And I remember my business partner would always say like, oh man, you know, like it's just so expensive. It's just so expensive. And I would hear customers say like, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. And I finally said to him, I was like, you know what, man, I want to learn videography. And he was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I want to learn videography. I want to learn editing. I want to learn all this stuff. I want to start now. So I went out and I bought just an ass. I mean, typical me. I got, I buy like the best yeah. everything. I want I get yeah. you know, best buy. Give me your best road mics. Give me the best this. Give me the best. <laughs> give me it all. You know, and I go back and yeah. he's like, I didn't even need all that, right? And he started teaching me. And then when I was getting into the process, then I started realizing that the customer or me, right, only sees the finished product. And my assumption is is that th this didn't take very long. But then I started realizing how many little pieces of the pie have to be put together to create this, this amazing looking pie, right? And yeah. when you talked to, just talked about respecting the process, you gotta do that. So don't, don't, you know, don't tell someone that what they do from a standpoint of how much they charge or the value of what they do, don't ever give an opinion about it based on you've never even done it before. If you can't do it yourself, you have no fucking right to put a price on it. No right. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Yeah. that's why I've got such a big respect for creators, for people that, especially, especially artists and creators, because people don't realize how much effort goes in to creation. Mm -hmm. Ask God. Yeah, yeah. Great. It only took him seven days, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like there's two things that you pay for. Like when when you're this is like when you're when you're trying to decide if somebody's worth whatever their dollar amount is that they've attached to their service. You're paying for two things. You're paying for the literal tangible product, but you're paying for the mind behind that creative process. Yep. So I think like in understanding the mind of the person behind that process is as important as like the 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 thing itself because the thing itself in terms of the way it communicates uh, or what it says is going to be only as good as the mind of that person if they are the ones that are responsible for stewarding all of the, the tech you know and all the all the pieces so.
Yeah, no, we were. I was at yeah. a meeting this morning. The meeting that was running long this morning that kind of put our podcast on on a, a delay was, um, you know, exactly exactly that. Uh, we were sitting in there, and it was like, "How do you see this?" And I said, "Well, this is the way that I see it." And then, of course, everyone goes, "Oh, oh, yeah." Yeah. Yeah. Because we get trapped in our own minds of what we do so much that we forget about what others actually see from an external standpoint of what what they need to see to be able to make a movement on whatever you're again, if we're trying to sell something, let's just use it as an example. You forget yeah. what you actually relate to. You just you get stuck in your own vertical, basically. And then Oh, you, absolutely. You know what I mean? Then you're just verbally vomiting information that nobody even understands all over people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely, 100%. Let's get into uh, my six quicks as we wrap it up because I'll this this is where I, I really hope nobody ever fast forwards because the six the six tips thing kind of like has just like come about in the last couple episodes and I feel like I'm hoping I can look at the analytics, but you guys better not be fast forwarding to the end of these types of things because you're getting all this good shit from all these smart people. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you. You're going to give me six answers. I'm going to ask you two questions. So the first question is going to be, and it's always very hard and very difficult. Give me three app, mobile applications that you use every day to create aesthetics, beautification, whatever, distribution in social media. And then the last, the second question with three tips is going to be, based on just creativeness alone from a standpoint of creat- yeah. creativeness what works better let's say video image this that everything else give give some pointers on that so we'll do the first one first the third the first question okay and so the, the first one was when you said applications like literal apps that i use yeah let's go literal mobile cool. applications i think you already talked about one right cool yeah so i would say um i use uh, Visco, VSCO. Um, it's in the app store and it is free and there are upgrades that you can get. Spend the dollars on the upgrades. It costs the same amount as a freaking latte. Don't be cheap. Um, I use that. Uh, I use, let's see, what else do I use? I'm, I'm literally looking right now. Um, for one, for one app, for one company, uh, actually two, I use, it's crazy, uh, but it's called, it's just called Word Swag. And it is um, for overlaying images. Um, if I showed you some of them, you were like some of the work, you would think that I'd used Photoshop. It's a really simple, intuitive app, but it's called Word Swag. Um, I use that one sometimes. Um, side note, when I say Photoshop, that's another example of like the only reason I can use Word Swag effectively is because I put in the time. So again, people, these apps are not the shortcut. Put in the time. Um, and then another one that I use is, let's see, I use a lot of the native stuff. Um, let's look. I'm scrolling through my phone. How about, um, uh, no, what's that? There's a new one that I just started using. Oh, I'll use Unfold. Unfold is fun for uh, like Instagram stories. One of the things that I've found, and you guys probably all feel this as well, is when you are trying to like, when you're like on Instagram stories uh, and you're like looking through there's somebody's story, but they have like 16 million uh, like things in their stories. So you finally swipe past them. Um, I find that if you take a, like three photos and drop them into one Instagram story, you're 
four photos into one Instagram story instead of four separate Instagram stories. You can usually communicate like a whole a whole moment, you know what I mean? So that's what Unfold does. It, it allows you to drop in several photos, um, put a like a clean border or whatever around it, maybe some, t- some text on there as well. So yeah, so we'll go with those, those three. Yeah, and I've used all three of those before. They're all really, really good ones, no question about it. Um, Cool. Because um, I've been I've been going a little bit further to Lightroom lately, and yeah, um, the other one, Design Lab. I've messed around in Design Lab a lot. Oh, it, that one. Have you ever checked that, that one? Out? I have. I have. For me, I find that like I uh, the, I end up like I can go down a rabbit hole really I fast know. with with if an app. And so for me, like half the time. I, I've like if I have like some presets that I know I can use and you can do that in all of them as well but like yeah. I if I found something that's not broke then I don't bother trying to fix it um, and that's 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 literally until like, there's one day shit. where you're like you know what I'm going on YouTube and finding some more good apps to use just, yeah and yeah. like even with visco like it real real photographers out there like bro you use visco over lightroom like yeah i do and if you go look at my photos you won't tell the difference it's because no, i've already got my no. preset styled in so i'm just gonna roll with it for all of you to follow michael on instagram um we'll get to all his his uh, uh tags and usernames in a second um but i'm clearly um, because the photos are absolutely amazing um and my assumption is you're shooting all that from your phone yeah yeah Hi, that's phone. kind of you and uh yeah, yeah. My phone usually portrait mode. You got it. There you go. See? Um, Thank you. All right. So the, the last three are, are going to be um, just just g- give us some tips and tricks, man, because you are taking some really good images, right? We, we kind of already talked Thanks. about the, the mobile applications. Thanks. Give us some tips and tricks to get a better sh- get better shots, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. So better shots. Let's think about this from the standpoint of photography, videography. Um, think about um man how would i say that i was just having a conversation about this this first one um shoot things at eye level so a lot of times with in photography you you see a picture and it's like from top down or from bottom up but i find that a lot of times when you shoot something at eye level um like like a person um it, it it creates a layer of of um I'm going to say not intimacy, but there's like an equality to it. It's like you're, you're eye to eye. A lot of times if you shoot from top down, the psychology behind it is it's a, it's a posture of dominance. And if you shoot from, from bottom, um, well, let me, let me rephrase it. If the subject is looking down at you, it's a posture of dominance. If you're looking down at the subject, so like you're above them and you're taking a picture pointed down, then they, then the subject is now in a posture of submission. I think there's something like, so, there's something really powerful to me about shooting at eye level with a subject, whatever the subject, because it creates a posture of equality. Um, And so maybe I would zoom out and, and say, and then I'll shut up on this first one and move to the next two. Think about the intent of what you're trying to say when you shoot um, and how you decide to move like, eye level above or below like if you want to say something more domineering they go above uh anyway okay so that's one um second don't try and like capture too much i think a lot of times like we'll we'll take up we'll have this really great moment and we'll go we'll zoom way out um and take a picture of like a whole 
whole landscape, right? Let's let's pretend we're taking a picture and we're out in the woods. We'll try and take a picture of the whole freaking woods. And in in the process, we're not really saying anything because there's not a focal point. Whereas if you were to take that and you zoomed in on like a tree or a pine cone, and this is very literal, but like think about what you what you want to say, and if you're trying to fit too much into your picture, um, or uh, or if you need it all. So like edit it back as relentlessly as possible and and focus in and and make sure that you're giving the, the person engaging with it uh something that their eye actually lands on if you look at a photo and your eye doesn't really land anywhere quickly and you find yourself just kind of looking all over the photo you haven't arrived yet like like go a layer deeper um and try and find like what the exact focal point is third thing um let's see here Trying to think you could actually kind of turn that. You know what? We could turn this one, Mike, because I think this was this kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about. How about yeah. original fonts and brand coloring? Where where's the easiest place for those types of for for let's just say the non-creatives to be able to find a way to utilize that, right? Like, so we didn't want to. No, I really like yeah. Anton a lot, but not a lot of people like that. I I like it. It's my it's like my favorite font. But there's yeah. other fonts out there that you can utilize that aren't inside of that. Give maybe some tips and tricks on that one. Okay, so um, that's an example of where, like, if you were to use uh, a photo app uh, that has that like has fonts built in, so that's where like Word Swag, for instance, uh, has some different fonts that are built in. That's great, um, and you can, you can use that. There are other font apps that are out there as well. Um, I'm going to zoom one step wider and say if you see a picture. And you like, uh, like, like, let's say it's a brand uh, or a company, and you really like the font they're using. Just Google it. Like, you can literally Google yeah. like, what font does Coca-Cola use? What font does Disney use? And and I guarantee you, it's going to give you like the font and like three free versions that are fairly similar. So like, I, I, that's a part of like as you begin to try and build your the way that you express yourself in 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 imagery and in text and font and all this like just asking those questions and then starting to compile a, a list of like oh i like this or i don't like this so is that helpful is that is that answer i i think it does i think the big takeaway here is okay. that, uh that google machine is pretty damn powerful it's, it's amazing and it's, amazing what you it's free <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I tell everybody that too like man uh it's a lot of the stuff that i teach is trial and error from like stuff yeah that done, same. right but you, yeah people don't realize if you took a little bit of time maybe like an hour a day and invested some time into just researching things yourself on youtube and google you'd be fucking blown mm -hmm. away by how you can literally be taught how to do things my here's the funniest thing dude my in my i don't even call her my intern anymore let's call her my assistant because she really is cool. she listens to me fucking gripe all the time and somehow she gets work done i don't understand how it works but she <laughs> was talking to one of her um classmates she's in college and mm -hmm. he was talking about all these different courses he took and this that and everything else and like photoshop and this that and everything else and she's like really she's like i just went to youtube and taught myself everything in premiere and like i'm crushing it and i i, I told her yeah. like you're fucking crushing it like killing it right now yeah and i love know, that i'm dead serious man this kid's self-taught in premiere self-taught mm -hmm. and so yeah you look Kids, if you're listening, parents, if you're listening, go. If you want your kids 
And this is goddamn truth, because I she's going for a marketing degree, and I told her, I said, nope, pick up that camera, and you're gonna start video team, and you're gonna start trying to figure out and understanding how to edit video and to shoot video right. That's what you're gonna learn, okay? And I said, yeah. when you graduate from college, you can start your own videography company, because you'll be able to shoot and edit. Yeah. Ready to go. You'll never be without a job. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Videographers right now, man, videographers, you got to be like crazy to not see that they're not, they're going to be the most, probably the highest paid and most sought after in the world of marketing and media over the next 10, 10 years. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I agree. Photographers too, but more videographers and, and people that can actually edit within Premiere and Adobe and things. And there's good, there, look, listen, there's, there's pieces of software out there, guys like Capwing and things like that, that are, that are really coming up hot to make life easier for people that don't want to learn that stuff. But like Micah said, put the sweat equity in to learn the old style, the old school, quote unquote, old school way of doing things. And it's going to help you out. Yep a hell of a lot more in utilizing the new things that come along than if you just try to make it, you know, do it the easy way. Cause it never works out, man. It never works yeah, out. Yeah. And I, I would say not only does it not work out, but I think it, it, in some ways it can inhibit like for young guns that are trying to like land agency work, for instance, the, you, um, the language is still important. So I'll give you an example. Uh, this is more on the photography than videography side, but the same rule applies at the end of the day in terms of like putting in the work to, to learn like basic pieces of technique. And again, it's all stuff that you can find on Google. You can find it in YouTube. I, whenever I shoot with a photographer, I will, they don't know I'm testing them and asking them like really fundamental questions. But if I mention to them, I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's like a rule of thirds thing. If they don't like respond to that and chime in, then I know they don't know what the rule of thirds is, which is like a bedrock core photography principle, like page one of a photo 101 book. All right, well, tell me, us like, what the rule of thirds is. So now everybody's going to yeah. get the rule of thirds. <laughs> I want people to Google it. So rule of thirds is if you look at, look through your screen, in fact, a lot of, a lot of cameras have this built in, but people don't realize rule of thirds is like this grid on a screen. So if you take the screen and you, uh, or a, a picture, you divide it into three quadrants vertically and three quadrants horizontally, it creates, you know, a, a block, a grid, and, and there are four cross points. Those cross points are key points to make an emphasis. You can, you can, and you can frame things inside of them, above them, around them. But generally speaking, if you follow the rule of thirds or you learn how to appropriately break the rule of thirds, your photography is, is at, at the fundamental, at the most fundamental level is going to be uh, heads and tails above, heads and tails, heads and shoulders, whatever. Whatever part of the body you want it to be above, it's going to be above that because you're understanding the way that um, a photo's symmetry lines up. That's what it's all about is symmetry and spatial awareness. So that's like I gave you a 30 second like just go Google how to use rule of thirds in photography it's gonna it, it can, if you don't know it it's gonna change it for you it's gonna change the that's game that's awesome because so. that ended up being your third one is the rule of thirds go Google it go check it yeah. out go learn it and then apply it and, and execute on it in your images and see what the difference are because when you hear these videographers and photographers talk about grids that's what I that's what they're talking about yeah yeah. is, exactly. it, is, it, is it in the grid yeah bingo you got it Micah, 
where can everybody follow you? Because I know we know you're on Instagram, but is there any other places that people can follow you? And if so, what are your uh, your tags? Yeah, there? man. Um, so my my primary the primary place I live is Instagram. I technically have Twitter and Facebook, but uh, if I'm being honest, I don't really touch them. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram, that's that's half the battle. I might start using TikTok a bit more, but if you follow me on Instagram, you'll end up finding out about that. Uh, I also have a website where you can hear all the all the BS that I talk about, and that is whiskeyandwisdom.com. Um, and that is uh, that's actually to your point. Uh, it's gonna it's that's actually gonna start being more video centric as well. Uh, and then I I may or may not start having things drop on YouTube. So I'm just saying that if you, you follow me on podcast? Instagram, I'm not starting a podcast. But I think you should, man. Video. I think that's after you listen to this episode, I think you should. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll think of it. You, you know, I've had other people say that, that I respect. So I, I might put that on the back burner and let it simmer and see if it bubbles up. So. Share that knowledge, man. Share that knowledge. Um, please yeah. go, please go follow up, Mike, because I'm telling you right now, you guys are, you guys will a- absolutely love it. If you're into motorcycles, men's clothes, this is just me personally, right? Because his images are beautiful, but the context within the, in- the images is really where all the gold is. Honestly, like when I look at his, when I look at his Instagram, especially like I'll, I'll see one thing, but then when I did, like he, he's constantly said in this podcast is going a layer deeper. When you go a layer deeper in his Instagram, you'll see a lot of really good stuff there. And, and, and that's why I had him on to be quite honest with you is because um, yeah. a lot of really, really good lessons um, from in there. And Hey, listen, if you're a dad and you know, you're somewhat kind of, you know, on your own, I mean, it's probably a good guy to have in your corner to ask some advice. <laughs> yeah. I love not taking anything yeah. away from mom at all, but uh, yeah. But the story that we're seeing yeah. on Instagram is just—it's just a great story, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on. It means so much. Yeah, and that's kind of you to say. I—I'm thrilled that I got a chance to come on here and talk with you, man. Absolutely, brother. I can't wait for everybody to hear it, Micah. Thank you again, man. Thanks. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.